0: confidence because Hallelujah God is good to us, isn't he? Is that right, Brother Ferris? It's good to us, right? Hallelujah Well, it's a pleasant thing to be together tonight in the Lord's house on a Wednesday night God, to give God praise I think I think that tonight I would like to uh, teach preach on our wonderful inheritance I think it'll be a three-part deal and tonight being the first part and we're so glad to be together one awesome group of people on Wednesday night. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't look too happy now. Eat Kellogg's cornflakes. Eat Kellogg's cornflakes. Hallelujah. I think you're going to be okay. I think you're going to live. So uh, I think it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we had a great time Sunday, didn't we, in the house of God? And what a privilege it was to baptize Brother Lauren's mother, Iris, in the name of Jesus. I was excited about that. And we had such a wonderful move of God Sunday morning and Sunday night. Devil's mad, now I'm glad, and I know what to please him. A bottle of ink to make him stink. You stop for son. Okay. That's all I can say, so. Okay, hey, Dakota. Yes, sir. All right, let's pray for Dakota Lance. Lord Jesus. In your name, Lord, God, work a work for him. Right now, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, turn Dakota to you, Lord, and help him, Lord, to serve you. In Jesus' name, be with him, Lord. Protect him, help him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that's a wonderful thing to do to your dad right where I'm getting ready to preach. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, it's going to be all right, Lisa. He's okay. He's okay. Yes, he is. In Jesus' name. Well, that's wonderful. Here we go. I'm going to the book of Psalms, the 16th Psalm, and verse 6. Psalm 16, verse 6. God. God doing good things for you? He's a great and awesome God. There's nothing he cannot do. Praise God. Hallelujah. I went today to see my doctor and met a vampire while I was there. It took blood out of me and everything. But I managed to get out of there, bless God. Hallelujah. Psalm 16 and verse 6. If you have your Bibles, the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. And tonight, just for a few moments, and probably be very few moments, I'm going to preach and teach on what a wonderful inheritance. Can we just thank God for all his many blessings to us right now? Lord Jesus, what a great, awesome God. You are so great and mighty and powerful and strong. There's nothing you cannot do. Lord, I thank you for victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. I thank you, Lord God, that you love us and that you care for us. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, the grace of God upon this group of people. The grace of God upon my family. The grace of God, hallelujah, upon this city. Thank you, Jesus, upon the Kennebec Valley. Oh, God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I want to thank those of you who are participating in the prayer and fasting and uh, how many is remembering that we're having a month of prayer and fasting? Okay, uh, tomorrow would be a good day to really make some extra trips to the house of God if you can. We need to bear down. There's a lot of things going on in our nation. And I think if we could have people circulating into the building, in and out, uh, all day tomorrow, into the evening, that would be wonderful. Pray for revival. Pray for our families, pray for uh, every prodigal son and daughter to be restored, and pray for our nation, okay? That would be a great thing, wouldn't it? Okay, there you go. So please work that into your schedule and make sure it happens. God bless you. You may be seated. The lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. It it has always been the way of Satan, the old deceiver, to attempt to cause God's people to be dissatisfied with their inheritance that was given to them by God himself. All the world lives in two-tents, T-E-N-T-S. All the world lives in two-tents, content and discontent. The whole world lives in one or the other. Listen to me. Satan works in in the fertile soil of dissatisfaction. That's where he does his best work, in the fertile soil of dissatisfaction. He will attempt to make you feel discontented or displeased. And he has one sinister purpose for doing so, to lure you away from your unique God-designed heritage. That's why he always wants you to feel discontented and dissatisfied. We know this from the biblical record. Why? The serpent appeared in the earliest story in the Bible, whispering to Eve that the one forbidden fruit was far better than the thousands of trees that have been given given her for an inheritance by God. The enemy of your soul works hard to cause you to feel dissatisfied with what has been given you by God. Watch out when the devil's working. He's going to make you feel like whenever you're one place, you're dissatisfied. You'd like to be over at the other place. And when you're at the other place, you're dissatisfied and you'd be liking to be at another place. Never contented with where you are. The devil always tries to make the grass look greener on the other side of God's will. Always. It is literally, ladies and gentlemen, it is literally the oldest book, oldest trick in the book. It's the oldest trick in the book. It goes all the way back to the first story that we read of Adam and Eve in the garden. It's the oldest trick in the book. Falling for this old trick was deadly then, and it is deadly now. God himself, before you were born set the boundary lines marking out your pleasant, delightful, and sweet places and thoughtfully gave it to you for your inheritance. It was not something that was just flippantly done. But God measured out an inheritance for you before you were ever born. Your inheritance remember, has been absolutely and thoughtfully marked out with your safety, with your happiness, with your fulfillment in mind. Tonight, why don't we lift our voices to our wonderful Savior, and let's say, the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Try that right now. That's... That's just an awesome thing to do. The lines are falling to me in in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Indeed, I thank you, my God and Savior, my Creator, for my unique, one-of-a-kind inheritance tailored just for me. I'm saying this for all of us. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for that one-of-a-kind inheritance that has been tailored just for me, and I purpose in my heart to be thankful and contented. I don't know about you, but I love my God-given inheritance. I am so very thankful that my father invited my mom and her family to attend an apostolic revival meeting in Whitehall, Illinois, several years, many years before I was born. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my mother, who's sitting here tonight, who raised me to be an apostolic. I am most thankful to the Lord for his grace and for his mercy in saving me and keeping me down through the years and you can also say the same thing Lord it's a goodly inheritance and what a wonderful inheritance it is and I thank you the very wealthy English Baron Fitzgerald had only one son and and he was the apple of the baron's eye the son grew but in his early teens his mother died leaving him and his father. Fitzgerald grieved over the loss of his wife, but devoted himself to being a good father to his son. In the passing of time, the son became very ill and died in his late teens. In the meantime, the Fitzgerald financial holdings greatly increased. The father used much of his wealth to acquire artworks, Of the masters with the passing of time, Fitzgerald himself became ill and died. Previous to his death, he had carefully prepared his will with explicit instructions as to how his estate would be settled. He had directed that there would be an auction in which his entire collection of art would be sold. Because of the quantity and, and the quality of his art, valued back then, this has been many years ago, in the millions of English pounds, which, which by the way, one English pound today is worth $1.36. So it was valued in the millions of English pounds. I'm getting just a little bit of ring up here. Somebody help me out. Valued in millions of English pounds, that's better, thank you. A huge crowd of prospective buyers gathered expectantly. Among them were many museum curators and private collectors eager to bid. Ah, the art. Works were displayed for viewing before the auction began. Among them was one painting which received very little attention. It was of mm, poor quality. And done by an unknown local artist. It happened to be a portrait of Fitzgerald's only son. When the time came for the auction to begin, the auctioneer gaveled the crowd to attention. And before the bidding began, the attorney read first from the will of Fitzgerald, which instructed that the first painting to be auctioned was the painting of his beloved son. Why, the poor quality painting didn't receive any bidders except, well, except one. The only bidder was an old servant who had known the son, loved him, served him, and for sentimental reasons offered the only bid for less than one English pound, for less than $1.36. He bought this first painting. That's when the auction took a strange, bizarre twist. The auctioneer stopped the bidding and asked the attorney to read again from the will. The crowd was hushed. It was quite unusual. And the attorney read the following from the Fitzgerald will, and I quote, Whoever buys the painting of my son gets all my art collection." The auction is over. And for less than $1.36, the servant acquired an art collection that was worth millions of British pounds and even more millions of American dollars. How many times have we seen the bumper sticker N-O-Jesus, N-O-Peace? No Jesus, no peace. And then below it says K-N-O-W, no Jesus, no peace. I'm trying to say to somebody that if you have Jesus, if you really have Jesus in your heart, you have got everything. You have got wealth beyond belief. You've got things that nobody else has. You are a peculiar treasure unto the Lord. You are not an afterthought of God but you are a child of God and you have a wonderful inheritance. Hallelujah. Contentment however is not something that comes naturally. Contentment is not something that comes without effort. And some people, not knowing that, will start doing a search for contentment, and they'll try a job, they'll try a career, they'll try a relationship, they'll try a drug, they'll try, you name it, and people are trying it, and they're looking for something so elusive. They're looking for something called contentment. They'll go to a party and think they're going to find contentment in the party, but it's not there. And they leave and they're still looking. They think they might find it in a movie. They think they might find it in something, some, maybe some, some hobby that they have. They're looking for contentment. Never knowing that contentment is not a thing, it's a hymn. And when you really let Jesus have his way in your life, you're going to know contentment. When you really put your trust in him, when you really put your heart into serving him, you're going to have contentment. Hallelujah. Contentment belongs to the people who know God. It's not something that comes without effort. Even Christians sometimes are walking around dissatisfied and discontented. Because they don't realize that contentment is not something that automatically comes just because you gave your heart and life to Christ. Just because you've been born of water and spirit. That does not mean that you're going to be a contented person. You know how I know that? I've been pastoring since 1976, and I can't tell you the amount of people that I've talked to who are saved people who were discontented. Content is not something that comes without effort. Paul wrote to Timothy. He said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, in verse 6, he said, but godliness with contentment, contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he let him know that contentment is something that we, that we gain. Contentment is something that we acquire. He said, but godliness with contentment is great. Gain. Paul also wrote the Philippian church that contentment is something that is learned. He said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 11, stay with me now, it won't be long. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul said that he had to learn to be content. He was an apostle. And he had to learn to be content. So contentment is something that's gained, it's acquired, and it's learned. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Contentment is freedom from anxiety. Hello. Contentment is freedom from worry. It actually comes from a Greek word which means independency or self-sufficiency. And so, real satisfaction, real self-sufficiency comes from God because we read in the Word of God, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Therefore, this is the ideal contentment. Freedom from anxiety, freedom from worry. So the devil's always trying to come along and take away your contentment. He's always trying to make you discontent, discontented with this, discontented with that. Well, I didn't really like the way that service went. Well, the preacher, he preached a little bit too loud. Oh, well, he preached a little bit too long. He didn't, he didn't do this right or, or, you know, I got this thing from the store, but I'm not totally content with it. It just doesn't seem, and so people just seem to be looking for contentment. Not realizing that contentment is a state of mind. That when I surrender all to God and I say, God, you're my everything. I depend totally upon you. I know you're able to help me with every situation. That's when I start to feel contentment. Contentment is a disposition of the mind in which one is through grace independent of outward circumstances. Wow, that met with a great response. My contentment is not based on what I'm going through right now. It's based on who Jesus is and my trust and faith in him. Hannibal, who filled three bushels with the gold rings taken from the knights he had slaughtered, committed suicide by swallowing poison. He was not satisfied. Julius Caesar, staining his garments and the blood of one million of his foes, conquered 800 cities, only to be stabbed by his best friend at the scene of his greatest triumph. He was not satisfied. Napoleon, the feared conqueror, after being the scourge of Europe, spent his last years in banishment. None of these world leaders were satisfied in spite of what they accomplished in their lives. Don't be suckered into thinking that if you achieve a certain goal, if you achieve a certain monetary value, if you achieve a, a certain... Job That that is going to bring contentment. Your contentment comes from one. And he is called the Prince of Peace. And, and the, the people who, who know God, who are walking with God, those are really the only contented people in the world. If you're trusted in sports, sports teams will let you down. If you're trusted in politics, you'll get your face beat in. Because you're not going to get your way every time or maybe even half the time. If you're depending on your job, someday the job's going to let you down. So where is my contentment going to come from? My contentment comes from knowing the Lord, from walking with the Lord, from serving the Lord, from trusting the Lord. Get out of here, anxiety, in the name of Jesus. Get out of here, fear, in the name of Jesus. I guess you've noticed that our nation and perhaps the world, I haven't been outside of the country for a while, but at least in this part of the hemisphere, is fighting a fight against fear. Afraid we might lose our republic. Afraid of the deep state. Afraid of conspiracy afraid of and you just fill in the blank there's a lot of things you can choose from well let me tell you something and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord to them that are the called according to his purpose Paul said, none of these things move me. What do you mean? I mean, I serve a great, big, powerful God and I know exactly what's going on. I can tell you what's going on. The Lord Jesus Christ is about to come and the Antichrist is about to set up his kingdom upon this earth, but just before he does, Jesus is going to come, the trumpet's going to sound, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we which are alive are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and what we need to do is look up. Don't give in to the spirit of fear. Don't give in to the spirit of anxiety. Don't walk around letting that spirit of fear put its heavy hand upon your shoulder. You are a child of God. You have power with God and with man. If you knew right now, if you could see with eyes of the spirit, you would see at least one angel in attendance for every child of God that's in this place. For he has given his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. You have nothing to be afraid of. You just need to let Jesus Christ be your peace and understand that you have better security than the president of the United States. You've got a better secret service team than the wealthy man who lives behind a wall in a large estate. You have better security than they do. Somebody needs to say, alright, I have the Lord Jesus Christ on my side. He has never failed me. He never will fail me. I refuse to live under the heavy hand of fear. I stand today to declare Jesus Christ Christ is Lord over the nation. Turn the cotton picking news off. Pick up your Bible. Get on your methodical reading list. If you didn't make it through and 2020, keep reading. Don't worry about the time limit. Everybody needs to be on the methodical reading of the Bible right now. You need it for your own spiritual health. It may take you a year and a half to get through a year's worth of reading. I don't mind that, but you need to be on a methodical reading of the scripture. Somebody say, "Praise the Lord. What I put in here, what I put in here, what I put in here is what's going to be in here. You can't eat trash and expect to be healthy. And you can't be letting your head be filled with all kinds of fear and all kinds of junk. You know what? Not one time today have I turned on a device to see how the impeachment hearings were going. It's not because I don't care. It's not because I'm not wanting our nation to survive. It's because I need to have my head clear. I need to be able to pray. I need to be able to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. I don't need to live under a cloud. I don't need to live under depression. I don't have to live under that junk. Jesus Christ is my peace. I have a wonderful inheritance. No, I'm not knocking you if you did listen. That's okay. How'd you like it? Probably makes you feel too good, right? <laughs> so, pick up the book. Brother Ferris said he read it through two times in 2020. I started on. A Bible reading program that takes me through the entire Bible once and the Psalms and New Testament twice, and I'm still in that program. I haven't completed that, but I'm still working away at it. And I thought about just forgetting reading the second time through Psalms and and New Testament and just do the one time through, but I thought, no, I started out to do this. I'm going to finish it because you know what? It's not the number of days that it takes you to do it. It's what you're getting in here and what you're getting in there. Do you know right now you need to be loading up on scripture? Now this is not to give you bragging rights. So you can walk around saying, I read through the Bible. This is not for that, but this is for the purpose of the word of God is your spiritual sword. And as we are going through this time right now, everybody needs to draw their sword. And sometimes in the middle of the night, if you have a wife or a husband, you might not be able to turn the light on. So you might have to, in the darkness, say, the Lord is my shepherd. I I shall not want. He, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. If you're waking up in the middle of the night, you're not the only one. There are others who are waking up in the night. There is somewhat of spiritual warfare going on right now. No big deal. We already know the outcome. You're not going to die, by the way. You're going to live. So it's not that serious. But we need to draw the sword of the Spirit and let it cause us to run even closer to God, we believe that God is sending a revival to our prodigal sons and daughters. We believe that God is sending a revival of the miraculous. Now, if God's going to send a revival to the prodigal sons and daughters, do you think the devil's going to challenge that? Yeah. If we're going to believe God for a miraculous revival... Of signs and wonders, do you think the devil might challenge that? All of a sudden, you're gonna have aches and pains. And maybe your son or your daughter is gonna do a backflip. And you're gonna say, My God, I've been praying for the salvation. They just did XYZ. Don't worry. That always happens just before salvation. That always happens just before the revival of the miraculous. When you stand up in a particular area, what do you expect is going to happen? Do you think the devil's going to lay down, play possum, say, Well, you beautiful lady, you, you handsome guy. I, I wouldn't think of stopping you. You go right ahead. No, he's going to put up his resistance in the area that you're claiming. What greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? What are you doing? I'm putting on the, arm the armor of God. Where are you going? I'm going to meet that sucker. Well, What are you going to do? I'm going to take his head off. Well, how are you gonna do it? With the word of God. It is written greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It is written all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are the called according to his purpose. It is written, when you pass through the waters, they shall not overflow thee. And when you pass through the fire, you shall not be burned. It is written, Lo, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, not even to the end. It is written, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. It is written, it shall come to pass, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is written, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. There are some things you can't talk your way out of. There are some things you can't treat your way out of. There are some things that you can't rationalize your way out of. But there are some things that can only be praised and prayed out of. And the word of God proclaimed to get out of. And this is where we are. And you are the people who have a wonderful inheritance. It's time in the name of Jesus Christ to stand up and put on your holy armor. It's time in the name of Jesus Christ to see that God has called you and that God is with you and God is not going to fail you. It's time to say okay fear, you want to fight? All right, here's a fight for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to flee. Yeah, yeah. You see, contentment is not dependent upon our situation, it's a structure that we build, it's something that we have to invest in. It's not something that comes. Easily, it's something that we have to decide we're going to have. It's a state of mind that we have to develop. It's a self-discipline that says, I am contented with what God has given to me. It's an attitude toward things that comes to us through careful cultivation. It's something that lives inside of us, not something that circumstances and conditions create. You see, it's part of our inheritance. I can't let the devil take my peace. I can't let him take my joy. I can't let him take my deep found faith that says everything's going to be all right. After all, remember who he is, he's our Prince of Peace. He's our savior. He's our mighty God. He's our shepherd. He's our joy. He's the shadow from the heat. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. He's our shield. He's our refuge. He's our fortress he's our comforter and the list goes on hallelujah and I'm satisfied I'm satisfied he said he'd be my comfort he said he'd be my God well well I looked at my hands my hands look new Looked at my feet and they did too Ever since that wonderful day My soul's been satisfied I'm satisfied I'm satisfied He said he'd be my comfort He said he'd be my God Well, well, I looked at my hands My hands look new Looked at my feet and they did too Ever since that wonderful day My soul's been satisfied I'm satisfied all alone. It was there I met my Jesus, there he claimed me for his own. And then he put his arm all around me there and he drew me up to his side. Oh yes, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. with Jesus. Jesus. Said he would be my comfort. Said he would be. My God, well, well, I looked at my hands, my hands look new, looked at my feet and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. I'm satisfied. Satisfied with Jesus. I'm satisfied. Satisfied with Jesus. Said he would be my comfort, said he would be my God. Well, well, I looked at my hands, my hands look new, looked at my feet and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied Hallelujah! I'm thankful for our wonderful and storied inheritance I hope to continue on with this thought, if the Lord wills, on Sunday. But here we are tonight. Praise God. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray that you'd fill this people with your contentment. Contented, Lord, in the presence of the Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Right now, God, we send fear packing. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we welcome faith. We welcome faith. We welcome you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You are our peace and our joy. Hallelujah. And Remember that with the Lord, everything's going to be all right. Now, if you would bow your heads with us. If you're here tonight, and you have found no peace, and you'd like for God to give you peace, you can come down to the front. If you're tired of the battle with anxiety and fear, you can come in the name of Jesus. And you can trust God with me right now. Is there a soldier of Jesus that needs more strength? Well, you're at the gas station, but I can't make you pick up the hose and turn the pump on. You're at the right place. Now, why don't you order a fill-up? I don't know about you, but I can use a fill up. I want him to fill me. Fill me with faith. Fill me with courage. Fill me with reckless faith. Fill me with boldness for the Lord. Fill me, Lord. Here I am. Fill me with confidence. Even the apostles prayed for boldness. Hallelujah. Would you lift your voices right now and let's thank God for our wonderful inheritance? Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful Christ. Thank you for this wonderful message of truth. Thank you for this great Bible. Thank you, Lord, for this Holy Ghost experience. Thank you for the name of Jesus. It's a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and are safe. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance from fear and anxiety. I thank you, Lord, for that peace that you give. Hallelujah, Jesus, coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows. satisfied. I'm satisfied. He said he would be my comfort. He said he would be my guide. Well, well, I looked at my hands. My hands look new. Looked at my feet and they did too. Ever since that wonderful day, my soul's been satisfied. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God